0: Amen. If you have your Bible, Judges chapter 3, verse 31 would be our text. Good to see you all back out tonight. Appreciate the good singing. Judges 3, 31, the Bible says, And after him was Shemgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines six hundred men. Now keep in mind the Philistines were the enemies of Israel. And uh, they was facing what you might call a Philistine terror. They was running the streets, they were mean, they were out to kill, and uh, they would gang up on the Israelites, and so they just kind of took over, and uh, Israel lived in fear. Matter of fact, they couldn't travel the main roads, and uh, you know how that would be in in our society, but if you'll look here, it says, which slew of the Philistines 600 men. How in this world can Shamgar, one man, you talk about beating the odds, slew 600 men with an ox goad? Ox goad was a long wood or metal uh, thing that a farmer would carry, and it would be sharp on one end to poke the oxen to get them to plow. Keep going forward. And then on the other end, be like a little square blade that they would use to either remove a rock for better travel or to get underneath the roots to lift the crops. That's all he had no machine gun, no grenade. He had a, an ox goad. How can you slew 600 men with an ox goad? It's not even practical. But yet the Bible says, and he also delivered Israel. Boy, I want to remind you that um, the odds seemly to be against us, politically. I mean, it seems like everyone's going opposite of the Bible. Our educations, teaching everything to our children that's not in the Bible. It's a liberal view. Seemingly, our kids are... Against the odds, he tells you and I in verse six of chapter five, in the days of Shemgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. they wouldn't they wouldn't be used. and the travelers walked through the byways, which means they would go back towards the alleys and the back ways. That was the terror. That Israel faced during this time in history. If you know anything about Judges, it's a book of chaos. And the reason why is because Israel's not walking with God. And may I just remind you and I, when we abandon God's word, chaos will be in your life. They were fighting an uphill battle. You'll find as you read some of this, it was a time of disobedience. The times were difficult. Israel don't turn towards God. Israel has turned their back against God. In the book of Judges, you'll find out there was reformation. That is a form of godliness. It was a fake-you-out repentance. I'll come to the altar, but I don't mean it. Reformation instead of true repentance. True repentance can be pointed to. Reformation is like, I saw you, but where's the action? As I read on here, the odds were against Shamgar. Highways became dangerous. They traveled the back roads. The bottom line is it wasn't a safe time. What? How did this guy, his name's in the Bible, two times. I read you the two verses. What put Shamgar in the Bible? I got three quick things. Number one, Shamgar started right where he was. He was a farmer. You ever read some characteristics of a farmer? Boy, Paul Harvey was here. He could help me. A farmer is, uh, the characteristic of a farmer is they're problem solvers. I mean, he could sit there and say, hey, well, you know, I can't do anything. I I just got an ox goat and some and I mean, hey, guys, sorry. I ain't heading out there. I don't want to be around those enemies. They're bigger than I am. You don't find that with Shamgar." Let somebody else take care of it. I'm not going to risk my life for Israel. Can you hear those echoing through many people? I know there's a problem but I ain't going to be involved to fix it. Shamgar said, "Hey, I don't have much, but what I have, I'm asking God to bless it." You and I live in a time where you you and I could say, "Hey, I can't sing. I don't have time on Saturdays to work that bus." Choir, are you serious, man? I ain't coming early or staying late. I mean, we just had this attitude. Yeah, there's a need, but I'm not interested. Shemgar started right where he was. Can I remind you, he had 600 enemies controlling Israel, keeping them from the blessings of God, shouting at them with lies. You and I had the same problem. You go to work every day and probably the odds are that there's more enemies of Christ than there is those that love him. And you gotta walk with it. You gotta hear it. I had one guy that I'm friends with and he said, I can't wait to retire. I'm so sick of cussing. I'm so sick of what, the dirty jokes. He said, I don't have any place to hide. I gotta listen to it. And tell him, hey, come on, man. I, I've heard that. But that's, I don't wanna hear that. Well, if you're sitting here with us there, Kevin, you're going to hear it. Constant evil influence. If you're not careful, you'll get an attitude. Too big for me. Too many for me. Count me out. Even though you're here, could it be spiritually you've kind of dropped out? Shamgard said there's a problem. There might be 600 But the only thing I have is an ox goat that helped prick an ox and dig out a root. But he started. He started right where he was. How many excuses are you gonna make? Always putting God off. One of these days, after I retire, once the sun comes out and gives me a few more hours, excuse after excuse after excuse, knowing that inside you God's been boiling. God's put a call on you. What is it that God's asked you to do and you keep putting him off? One excuse after another. All about you and not about him. Thank God there's a man by the name of Shamgar two times in the Bible. God said he's worth talking about. He slew 600 men. He made a difference when others shut themselves down what did he do, preacher? Well, he had, a, had an ox goat. May I remind you, the Bible says there in Second in, um, uh, Peter chapter 4, that you and I have an ox goat. In verse 10, as every man hath received the gift, has ministered, so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We have an ox goat. That's all he had. God said, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, if you're here and you're born again, if you're saved and you know it, God's given you an ox goat. He's given you a gift. It's down in your spirit. As soon as He birthed you in the family of God, He gave you that, that gift to use for the church. He said, I'll even grace you. I'll favor you. It's something beyond your natural ability. Spiritually, this is a spiritual gift to energize the church, for the church to reach farther, to get involved, not sit back and make excuses, not let 600 men tell you what to do. Hey, I know colleges have their philosophy, but they don't line up with the Bible. I know the news is bleak, but thank God we got better news in the Bible. Amen. I know there's things to do, but don't forget God's called you me to make a difference y'all be praying God what's my gift I'll never forget on the tent ministry over 30 years we've been setting up a tent all across at least eight country or eight states but I got to go back when it first started when God just put a burning inside my gut about tent revivals didn't understand it I said, Lord, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm willing, you just gotta show me what to do. I wasn't putting him off. I'm just like, God, teach me. Tell me, show me what to do. Boy, one Saturday morning, walked into a bookstore, Willis Bible Bookstore in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, just to pick up some literature. You never know on an everyday routine when God says, I'm about to show you what I've called you for. Pastor Frazee, right over there on a bulletin board, Butch Greenley, I didn't even, never met Butch, came in, tears in his eyes, on a little four by six card, and he said, I'm gonna put this over here on the bulletin board. Every preacher comes in there, tell them about it. I was the first one. Saturday morning, 9.05, because my boy had a ball game. I stopped in there, went over and read it, and it said, I'm Butch Greenley. I have been given stewardship of a 30 by 50 tent with all the chairs, platform, sound, piano. Whoever wants to use it, here's the number to call me. God says, David, there it is. I called Butch. I said, Butch, I don't know anything about a tent. But God's been burdening me for over a year about a tent. Well, how do, what do I do to use this? He said, we'll, we'll help you set it up. Get you a meeting. We put the tent up the first time in Crowdell Park. Went through um, Jordan Baptist Church. Saw some folks saved. Clueless. Clueless. But everything that I needed was in one trailer. Hey, how you start? Start where you are. If God puts a burning desire in you, say, God, you bring it out. I'll do it. Preacher, how'd you do? I felt like I failed. But 30 some years later, I don't have time to tell you how God has fed that thing, fueled it, all because don't step over it. Don't ignore it. If God puts a burn inside of you, there's souls out there he wants you to reach. People have said, how many have been saved? I don't know, I don't count. Some say, I don't know who gets saved. I just know many say they have. I sure hope they have. But I know one thing, God has put a tent in my stewardship. I used that bad boy for a while. I didn't have anything to pull it. Kim's, my wife's uncle stepped up and said, me and Betty will buy you a van if that's what you want. And it'll be big enough to pull that little trailer. So next thing you know, I'm calling churches. Say, hey, I'm still pastoring, but I got a heart to evangelize. I've been given an opportunity for a tent. Back in 1993, that's how we started. Didn't own anything, Just God provided everything. Then after a few while, somebody else steps up and says, Paul passed away. We've been given some money. Let us buy you a trailer. They bought me a trailer. Said, here's the deed. Use it for the glory of God. Just put it on the front of it. In memory of this name. I said, you got it. The church said, hey, you need Chairs. Why not this VBS? We'll raise money instead of a missionary. We'll make sure we can at least get you 100 chairs. Boy, they got me 100 chairs. Had a guy that retired and he said, David, this, how are you going to haul this stuff? You got to organize it. He's real big on it. I said, man, it's organized to me. Let her, just throw her in there. He said, no. Boy, he went in there and bought steel, lined that thing up and balanced it out. Things that I don't know nothing about. He said, you got to make sure your load's level. So, boy, well, he took the chairs and took care of all that. And Next thing you know, within two weeks, it was done. Everything that I saw in my gut, God says, if you'll just go, I'll provide. I'm just here to tell you, church, God does great things. You got to start somewhere. When it seems impossible, God says, watch what I can do. Shamgar had an ox goad. If he ever sent an email out, so you think I can slew 600 with an ox goad? Stay home, pal. You know what God can do. Whatever he's given you, use it for the glory of God. A few weeks ago, or a few, uh, actually about four months ago, was out at a place in South Webster and it was getting in the fall and you can't see anything. So once the lights go out, man, it's, you know, you're in trouble. We've done it enough to know where everything is, roll it up, put it in there. Guy steps up and goes, you need some lights on that trailer. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, he said, I can put you some LED lights, two on each side, two on the front, two on the back. Go there and put you a switch in there. You got four switches and hit each side, front and back. I said, what? He said, oh, yeah, I'll hook it up to a battery. Every time you plug it into your truck and go down the road, it'll just, I mean, you got, it'll restore it. I'm like, dude, you're over my head. He said, oh, got it, I do it every day. I get a call, what are you laughing at? I got a call and he said, Hey, you free Saturday? Absolutely, I'm free. He comes over with two, four, six, eight a nice LED lights, puts them on the side of the trailer. He said, I come a little late because I want, I want it to get dark. Man, he got, it got dark. We turned those things on. And it, you can't believe the difference. I mean, I, what I'm saying is this there's all types of excuses. But when you're just going to step out and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm available. What is it that God's put in your gut? We must translate our living into our learning into living and show by our daily lives that we really do trust God's word. I don't know how else to get you to understand this. God's word don't mean anything until you perform to it. I mean, you can hear about salvation, but you don't get saved until you act on it. God can tell you, I got you. Go. That's what faith is. Go. But you're still sitting. God said, I can't do my stuff until you get up on my command. Samgar had something in his gut. And I'm sure people laughed at him. But you know what he did? He took the only thing that he had and put it in the tool of his hand and said, God, if you'll bless this, I'll go. 600 men. Bible tells you and I, number two, not only did he start where he was, but the Bible says that he used what he had. After him was Shemgar, the son of Anath, which slew the Philistines, 600 men with an ox goad, he delivered Israel. You know, if you look at the Bible, didn't J.L. just have a tent peg? That's all he had. But he used it. Didn't Moses have a rod? Just a rod. And the Lord said, what do you got in your hand? He said, a stick. He said, throw it down. It became a serpent. He said, not pick it back up. He says, now, what is it? It's a rod. Take your rod and put it over the Red Sea. You say, well, it's... Insignificant. No, nothing's insignificant. If God put it in your hand, put it in your gut, go and watch God split the Red Sea for you. He's a big God. David went to feed the boys. Only thing he had was a slingshot and five smooth stones. You and I both know Goliath could have ate him up. But God says, You used what you had, and He went out on that big battlefield. While his big brothers and Saul were hiding, this little teenager boy went out with one little instrument. And God said, that's all we need. Here's something that I've learned. It's not about how good we are. It's about just saying, God, here I am available. Use me. And God took a little boy with a sling and the faith that he had, and God guided that. David wasn't that good. God took that thing and nailed him right in the, in the head and killed him instantly. I'm just trying to get you to think about it. We make excuses one of these days. I'm gonna do this. God, I hear you, but hold on. Wait to this and wait to that. 600 voices were telling Shamgar, stay home. Don't you come out here. But the Bible says he slew 600 men. I can't help but wonder, wonder what you could do if you would take what God's given you and by faith used it. The Bible tells you and I in this, <clears throat> Samson slaughtered 1,000 Philistines using the jawbone of an ass. See, the world gets this. Tiger Woods and a golf club. A golf club. Everybody plays golf. Thousands of people play golf. Yeah, but Tiger took it serious. Amen? A man that started young, but you know what? He's not just a man with a golf club. He's won how many masters? How many TV appearances? What I'm saying is, you might laugh at what somebody does with a golf club, but ain't too many people laughing now. When you make the money he's made, the the world gets it. You take Serena Williams, a a, a racket, a tennis racket. You're wasting your time. Well, I don't know. You study her steps. She's won some championships. She's had some TV appearances. She's had some pretty good money investments. All because of a tennis racket. Now, the world gets it. But you and I sometimes stagger at this. I'm a nobody. You got that right. But listen, you serve for somebody. I can't do it. No, you can't. But thank God you can with his power on you. Just trying to get you to see there's all types of excuses. But God says, if you'll trust me, so what's your dream? Have you ever thought about giving whatever tools you have to the Lord and stand your ground? Be courageous, trust God to use what He's given you to accomplish great things for His glory. Listen, the first time I did Babe Ruth, listen, it, it was sickening. I mean, I sat down here in a big old uniform, looked like a, well, we won't talk about that. He said, well, this is Babe Ruth. I get up, stood up. I'm like, this is stupid. What am I going to do? I mean, it was horrible. My wife crawled out. I thought I seen her going through those doors. She's like, honey, we got to do something. I'm like, how are you telling me? I didn't want to do Babe Ruth. I didn't. Fought it. But God said, I'm going to use a preacher in Franklin Furnace to force it on you. I went to his church to have revival. On Sunday morning after I preached, let me go back. Saturday, we spent some time together. I told him about this guy. He said, I'll do Babe Ruth, and it'll open doors to churches. And just talking as friends, he's like, that's a great idea. I'm like, no, it's not. Stupid idea. No, he said, man, I said, that'd be great. You do look like Babe I said, just keep it down. I'm a preacher. I'm not no imitator. Well, I thought it was over. Preached Sunday morning. He got up after the service. He said, don't you dare miss Wednesday night, man. Wednesday night's a big night at Franklin Furnace Independent Baptist Church. I'm like, what's going on? He said, the Bambino's going to be here. I didn't know who the Bambino was. He's talking about me. He said, that's you, Frazee. You got three days to get your act together. Man, I shoot down to a uniform place down at Portsmouth and told that guy, Mr. Newberry, what I'm trying to do. And I said, I, 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 you know, I need a big bat. He said, I got one. I said, you do? He said, I'll be right back. And Man, that bat I'm using today, he said, use it. He said, I'll never use it again. What I'm saying is, what I didn't want to do, took a superintendent of a school that is a pastor of a church to say, Frazee, get your act together. What was disaster many, many times, you just keep working on it. I ask people all the time, Jimmy, how can I make it better? You know, I had this guy, he's in heaven now. He said, David, he said, he said, let me put something together for you. He brought in this CD and put it in. And he had about 10 minutes of movies and he was making remarks. I'm like, man, these people, I about fell asleep. I can't do that. I said, give me something three minutes that what you saw today was the work of that man who died many years ago. He put that together for me and said, use this. Our kids don't know who Babe Ruth is. I ain't smart enough to put a little three-minute package together like that. But God put a man in my life who was on the way out of life to put together something in, in this presentation that I've used all across the country. It all started I didn't want to, Jimmy. There's times I still, when I'm standing back there and I'm like, hey, right, you know, here we go, Bambino. I'm lucky to see the ball. I'm gonna portray a Bambino. But only God knows how many souls have been saved. I'd rather wash your car than do that sometimes. But if God will use it, I'll, I'll do it. And so every year, 15, 20 times, we do a home run Sunday. we was in the church up in Willingworth, Virginia. Well, they did it up big. They had those nice big banners up, you know, that you fold down. And um, so I said, Man, those are nice. He said, Oh, I forgot to tell you. He said, we got those just for this meeting. We want you to take them with us. I can't tell you how many pictures I've taken with kids, little runs, just. Dream big. Listen, if I can help them dream. Amen. Only thing I'm trying to get you to say is the devil's going to try to cast you down. Shamgar said, I've got got an ox goat. It's the only thing I've got. See, the devil tried to tell you you can't do it, but you can do it. If you'll just go by faith, here's what I found out. God said, I'll meet you out there. And when you can't afford it, I know somebody that can. And when you can't fix it, I know somebody that can. And when you need something, I know you don't have it, but I know somebody that can help you. Only thing I can tell you, if you'll make yourself available, find that burn, that want to, that gift that God's given you, and by faith, go do something. You'll have a testimony. You know why sometimes we don't have a testimony? It's because we don't do nothing. Tell me about God. Well, I don't really know. I haven't seen him lately. If you'll find the Bible, a little boy left his home with a little bag, barley loaf and fish. I don't think he knew what the day had in store to you. But there was a need. Am I right? Do I need to tell a story? He just had a little bit, Jimmy. But God said, can I have it? Can I use that? And by faith, he gave it. And the miracle's all God. Now, he started with a little bag of a few fish and barley loaves. But after the, the miracle of 5,000, not counting kids and wives, no little boy stood up and Look at what I did. No! He gave it away. And God blessed it. Fed 5,000, maybe 15,000, a little bit of barley and fish. Explain it. If you can explain it, then God didn't do it. God did it. And then when he went home, there was 12 baskets. You can't out give him, Jimmy. Whatever God has put in your gut, and all these voices come in. You ever go to the fair, you know, and everybody knows you, or, you know, if you got your girlfriend on your arm, and they say, hey, come over here, come on, man, get pitch this ball, knock it down, get her a teddy bear. You're like, I ain't playing that game. I know how that works. By the way, those games are designed for you to lose. (laughs) And they say, if you're dumb enough to give us 20 bucks for a $3 teddy bear, come on, pal. Boy, you can just see a guy up there being real serious. That guy's like, you big dummy. And he'll knock one off. Oh, I'll get the next one. You've seen it. You have fair, everybody's wanting you to participate in a game that has been designed to make you lose. If you're not careful, you'll get involved in things that'll strip you. Chasing the dreams in the wrong place. Listen to the wrong voices. Coming together with the wrong associations. But if you'll learn, Shamgar heard from God. One man said it like this, there's 600 people going nowhere trying to keep you from going somewhere. You can put that in any bowl you want to. How many times have we let everyone else tell us what we can and what we can't do when God says my voice ought to trump that voice? My last point is this. The Bible tells you and I... In the days of Shamgard, the highways were unoccupied. The travelers walked through the byways. How How did he get 600 men? Well, I've read some commentaries on this. And none of them believe that he just went out and whipped 600 men with one swipe. He picked them off. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe he got three one day. But when it's all said and done, they counted the graves. Six hundred men died because one man was dedicated. Don't say in the Bible that it happened in one occurrence. So how do you and I win our battles? How do we do it one day at a time? How do you lose weight one pound at a time? How do you pay a bill off one payment at a time? How do you move forward one step of faith at a time? Just trying to get you to see. Shemgard listened to the voice of God and had victory. What seemed to be impossible became possible because of his faith in an almighty God. And we're not left just with one story. There's buku's of story with something small in a hand that God blesses and brings great victory. I've been in it long enough to know if you're not careful, The world speaks to a lot of people to shut you down. No one knows it, but you're on idle. You ain't looking to dig your feet in. You've lost your vision. There's a time you had a burn inside of you to do something for God, but somehow it has been put out. Only thing I can ask you to do is don't leave life here and not ever confess his name or do something with Christ. He's done too much for you and I to idle. Grab a hold of a promise. Find out what God's given you in 2 Peter chapter 5 and God, whatever it is, reveal it to me. Show me why I'm here. How do you want to use me? God, I'm all yours because when I stand before you, I don't want to be embarrassed. I want you to say, well done. You ran your course. I haven't learned this. See, you will even compare yourself to people. God, I don't want you to compare yourself to people. You're different and you ought to be different. Your gifts different. We've been raised different. We have different personalities, different gifts. You don't worry about Muncie and what he can do. You be you. You find your path. Stand there and go and do something big. Listen, life, there's no redos, there ain't no timeouts. Hey, you can't draw up a play. Every day, you got to make sure you got your your breastplate, your head, your helmet on. Make sure you're prepared with a shield of faith. You're going to need every bit of it to conquer, to be an overcomer, to do something for God. I'm just telling you, don't don't live with regrets. I'm grateful as hard as it's been. Boy, I tell you, I wouldn't trade nothing for the places I've seen God show up. I don't tell a lot of people because you wouldn't believe me. I'm just telling you, he never takes his eye off of you. As you and I reward our kids, don't we? God says, I don't just save you. I'll reward those who perform for my cause. Find it. Use it. God will be awful proud of us. Amen. Heads are about, Eyes are closed. We're going to get ready for an invitation, Pastor.